What's up, Kentucky Hikers? It's Double the Flavor, Double the Fun Mike here with your Kentucky Hiker Project podcast for Thursday, November 3rd, 2022. Why am I Double the Flavor, Double the Fun? I'm not currently, but I will be coming up, and more on that on a future podcast. In this podcast, I'm going to talk about our election day plans, including how I'll be voting before hitting the trails on Tuesday. And we're going to do a little arch hunting. So I'll give you the website that many of us off-trail adventuring fools use to get to these goodies. Uh, So you'll definitely want to book that one for sure. And of course, this episode is benefiting Kentucky Natural Lands Trust, a nonprofit organization whose mission it is to expand our public lands. We're going to help them out with a thousand bucks so they can add another acre for the good guys. That's you and me. And uh, all right, so we have two constitutional amendments on the ballot this week. So two ballot questions. One deals with legislative special sessions and basically just kind of how the legislature operates um, in terms of timing and that kind of stuff. And then the other one, of course, got all the press and it's on abortion. So uh, I normally don't talk politics, not a big political type guy. I actually think that you can save yourself a ton of hours and free up a lot of time for hiking if you turn off cable opinion news. Um, and turn off all of the ads that you see. So, um, you know, but anyway, we'll go straight to the ballot questions because that's usually what you should do if you have something that's going to be on the ballot. And the Constitution is actually a pretty big deal. So I'd like to uh, just spend a couple of minutes on this. So the first one, uh, dealing with the legislature and special sessions in particular, reads, quote, are you in favor of amending the present Constitution of Kentucky to repeal sections 36, 42, and 55 and replace those sections with new sections of the Constitution of Kentucky to allow the General Assembly to meet in regular session for 30 legislative days in odd number years and 60 legislative days in even numbered years and for no more than 12 additional days during any calendar year and this is the big one, if convened by a joint proclamation of the President of the Senate and the Speaker of the House of Representatives, with no session of the General Assembly to extend beyond December 31st, and to provide that any act passed by the General Assembly shall become law on July 1 of the year in which it was passed, or 90 days after passage and signature of the governor, whichever occurs later, or in cases of emergencies, Uh, when approved by the governor or when it otherwise becomes law under Section 88 of the Constitution. So this is a hell no for me. Uh, Currently, the governor calls the special sessions, um, and so that's uh, the executive branch there. And then this amendment, however, would allow the legislature to call themselves into session. In other words, where there was at least some balance between executive and legislative branches, uh, this would eliminate that balance altogether. So no checks and balances are provided here, which is the antithesis of one of the bedrock principles uh, of this country's founding. So this is a hell no for me. Ideally, I'd like to see a special session called only when the executive and legislative branches agree to it. After all, a special session should only be called when there is pressing business at hand and when there is a chance to actually do something about it. Otherwise, these politicians are just wasting our money and calling sessions for whatever. So this, so that's it on uh, the first ballot question. It's just, it's one of the, it's just moronic. It's just a, I mean, truly a power grab right there. Um, especially with a supermajority of Republicans in our uh, legislature, which is funny because uh, formerly registered as a Republican, that's me. All right, so the currently independent. Anyway, so the second ballot issue deals with abortion and reads, quote, are you in favor of amending the Constitution of Kentucky by creating a new section of the Constitution to be numbered section 26A to state as follows? To protect human life, nothing in this Constitution shall be construed to secure or protect a right to abortion or require the funding of abortion. 
So this is another no for me. Uh, the way this is written is decidedly anti-abortion and not pro-life. So let me repeat that. It's definitely anti-abortion language and not pro-life. It lays a constitutional foundation, the strongest legal foundation at the state level for the elimination of abortion procedures. And some of these procedures are absolutely necessary to save the life of the mother. Even the trigger law that we have in effect right now uh, has, a, has a provision for saving the life of a mother. So with this constitutional amendment, this actually lays the foundation of the groundwork for future uh, case law to be developed around it uh, that essentially eliminates the ability to have an abortion. And so if you're pro-life, this is a terrible amendment because if you're pro-life, you're not only pro-child's life, but you're also pro-mother's life. Um, and so I won't even get started on the inequity that the funding portion would create. Um, basically, it would be a super tax on the poor, but you know, whatever. So rather than this amendment, I've always thought about abortion as being something that's, you know, clearly a hot button issue. Everybody has a little bit different take. It's kind of nuanced from one person to the next. Um, but I'd much rather have that settled uh, by voting and do a series of constitutional amendments on the abortion issue in increments that basically say, start with all mothers have the right to an abortion when continuing a pregnancy jeopardizes their lives. And so that is kind of like the first step. And I think that if you look at the polling data and everything else that's out there, if you actually read the polls instead of just reading the news article attached to it, um, you find that close to 90% of Americans actually support that. So anyway, um, you know, when it comes to these two ballot uh, initiatives, I think they're both poorly worded. Uh, the one is just an absolute power grab by the legislature, which, you know, they already have so much power as a supermajority uh, as it is. So I don't really think you need to add on to that. This also brings up uh, something that just you know really pissed me off earlier this year. Um, and that was when they were trying to basically eliminate any checks and balances on the Kentucky Department of Fish and Wildlife, um, where they would have their own board, they would have their own, uh, you know, money and um, budget, and they could do it however they wanted. And this is the same uh, group that had so many ethical uh, issues. Now, I'm not shitting on the Department of Fish and Wildlife. They are a fantastic group. They do a ton of great work in our public lands. Uh, but the fact is that when you don't have any oversight, you don't have any checks and balances in place, then there is always going to be abuse. That's just how it works. So enough about that. Just wanted to highlight that there's a pair of these garbage amendments that frankly, um, they're just power grabs. Um, and the, the second one on abortion, it really just kind of lays the foundation for future case law, um, which is kind of interesting to me. But it's a nice uh, legal strategy. I kind of like that um, from that point, if you're trying to just win. Um, but the fact is that it's uh, anti-abortion and not pro-life. So, all right. So as far as hiking plans for Election Day, Election Day is a great day to get out. A lot of people, uh, you know, still go to work and that kind of stuff. So it won't be very busy. I don't think there's a lot of people that are out there taking the full day off for Election Day, but certainly maybe taking an hour or two that their employer allows to get out of the workplace and uh, go cast a vote. But uh, we're going to head down to Red River Gorge. It's a nice short drive for us. Our polling location is directly across the street from us. And so we'll hit the polls when they open and then head down to the gorge. And we are going to do some off-trail arch hunting. And so some of the arches um, off of the Martins Fork Trailhead, there are some smaller ones, which I believe are embedded in the in military wall, which is one of the few climbing spots left in Daniel Boone National Forest. Um, but, you know, when you take a look at... Um, you know, that hike, that's a short one. And I think that, uh, you know, I've, I've been on that uh, trail a few times before. Um, I don't remember seeing these arches. I don't even have pictures of these arches. And so we'll just look and see what we can find. That's just what arch hunting is sometimes. Um, the other one, the one that's actually a little bit prettier, and I have seen a picture of it, and I definitely want to get to this spot. Um, I think that we'll drop down off of Pincham Tight Trail. And this is to Lullaby Arch. 
And looking at the picture, I think there's actually two arches or an arch and a window there. And so this is one of those classic uh, shelf arches that's kind of embedded into the um, side of the rock wall there. And so similar to if you've ever been to Lighthouse Arch, um, you know, down at Pine Mountain State Resort Park, that's the same kind of idea uh, there. But <clears throat> anyway, so the website that you will want to bookmark, um, there's actually a series of them, but the master website, so to speak, is KentuckyLandForms.com. It's KY landforms.com and this is put together by a small group of individuals who have been documenting all of the arches and overlooks um, waterfalls uh, tunnels you know all the major landforms across the uh, the state of kentucky and so they have put in uh, just an enormous amount of work over the years and so we are all able to benefit from this because it is publicly available online and so basically with that website, you can uh, punch in, they've got a nice little map. And so you can go to the landforms map on that page um, and zoom into a particular area. And then you will see arches, you know, with different icons. And so they've got nice little icons for each uh, different landform. And this time of year, because it's been dry, the waterfalls aren't great. And so I'm not interested in going to see any waterfalls. Uh, most of the leaves are gone. And so overlooks, you know, they're nice. I like seeing the sticks and that kind of stuff. Um, just to kind of see the lay of the land, but I know most people don't, but this time of year, it's definitely arch season. So uh, we're gonna go down to Lullaby Arch, or at least try to find it. And uh, the thing about this website with Kentucky Landforms, which is also Kentucky Arches, Kentucky Waterfalls, you know, so, um, dot com, but the master one is KentuckyLandforms.com, um, is that it will give you the uh, coordinates, the GPS coordinates of a particular uh, landform but there is no information that is posted about how to get to that uh, GPS location. And so what's nice about this is it's kind of like a treasure map without any directions to the actual treasure. And so you get to you know, just have a nice little spot there. And then you, from there, you have to kind of gauge based on the uh, terrain features and that kind of stuff, what the most likely route will be. And so when I take a look at the um, you know, terrain features going out to Lullaby Arch, uh, what I see is uh, Pincham Tight Ridge. I see a few fingers coming off of that ridge. And then one is directly above Lullaby Arch. Sometimes you come in from the top. Sometimes you come in from below. If we were coming in from below, we would probably take Buck Trail, um, which is on the other side of that. And so um, what you do is you take a look at these um, you know, different objectives that you may set. And it may take some picking around, but oftentimes what happens is you'll get to the destination, um, you know, eventually, you know, sometimes the hard way, right? Through a bunch of rhododendron and other garbage, you know, down trees, that kind of stuff. But um, once you get there, oftentimes you'll be able to find the trail or some semblance of a user trail, because if these have been documented online, odds are that other people have been there. And so there, it doesn't take a lot to start forming a user trail. And so as you get closer to the objective, oftentimes that is when you will be able to pick up the trail, especially if it's not uh, a super, um, you know, super popular place to visit. And so uh, just make sure you bookmark that website. It's kylandforms.com. Uh, also, if you're going to be out there arch hunting, uh, I can just tell you that um, when you first get started, one of the best things you can do is stick to arches that are uh, nearby or very popular things that you see um, on social media consistently. And so when you see the same uh, arches posted over and over again, then you can uh, rest assured that there is some type of a user trail that goes out there. Uh, it makes navigation a little bit easier. Of course, you do have all the other complications when you go off trail, which is, you know, there's no markings, there's no blazes. Um, you know, the terrain can be quite a bit more challenging because these are not groomed and graded trails. 
there's no maintenance on them whatsoever, and so you'll be bushwhacking. Uh, but this time of year, when the undergrowth has uh, finally you know, died down, and you can see a lot further in the forest because all the foliage is out, um, it's just this is just a great season to get out there and explore some things. Uh, the other part too is that if you're heading out off trail, make sure you're hiking with a partner. Um, that way, you know, if you do get into some trouble because some of this will require some scrambling, there's a higher potential for injury and those kinds of things. Um, just make sure that you're with someone else or you at least have your hiking plan and proposed route um, documented and given to someone before you head out if you're going solo. Um, the other part too is that whenever I'm off trail, I always take uh, quite a bit more uh, precaution when it comes to any scrambles and that kind of stuff. So I always carry some form of rope with me. Um, just in case, and then I'll set a line if I need to uh, for anything that looks sketchy, and um, and then that way, you know, it's uh, it's a little bit safer. Um, and I also, you know, if something looks too sketchy, then I'll just turn around and head back. So you know, off trail season it officially started. Uh, you know, now that all the leaves are basically gone, and uh, you can get out there. And the one thing that I will say is that with as much leaf litter as is out there this time of year. Uh, it can be a little bit tough, especially um, getting started. So if you wait another month or two, um, you know, that's all right, too. But, um, you know, this time of year, you may not have any disturbed leaf litter to help guide you. And that also, of course, will cover any semblance of a user trail. Uh, but over the course of time, you kind of get used to those things and you figure things out. So anyway, uh, make sure that you bookmark the website. Uh, a lot of great work went into that. Uh, I hope that that continues to stay available online. Uh, because there are over 2,000 um, you know, different arches across the uh, Commonwealth of Kentucky, uh, the, most, the highest concentration of any state east of the uh, Mississippi. And so it's, uh, it's a really big treasure for us here uh, to go out and have that for fun. And just remember that Daniel Boone National Forest is an open forest, and so there is no such thing as stay on trail or anything like that. You can just walk wherever. Uh, in fact, I just looked on their Facebook page and the Daniel Boone National Forest, uh, they had a photo contest, I believe, and the winner, um, the winner was actually an off-trail destination, um, and it was Pine Island Double Falls. And so that one, I believe, is actually proposed or was proposed to be added to the official trail system at some point. Um, and from what I understand, it's pretty easy to get there. So... All right, and then as far as Leave No Trace is concerned, uh, just a quick mention when it comes to um, off-trail hiking and that kind of stuff. So there is a rule in Daniel Boone National Forest against uh, creating new trails, and so you know don't go out there and uh, start cutting into trees or posting blazes and all that other stuff. Uh, just kind of leave it all natural. That's part of the glory and the beauty of uh, off-trail hiking and, and arch hunting is that you get to go out to some unspoiled, uh, sections of forest and so it really does feel quite a bit more wild um, and it's a wonderful experience and so don't uh, you know don't diminish that experience by you know putting up survey tape and whatever else just kind of leave it be um, the other part too is that you know when it comes to navigation skills and that kind of stuff this is great training and good teaching um, and so it's always great to visit an area where you're going to be arch hunting uh, beforehand and uh, to explore all of the official trails so that you get the lay of the land and you kind of know where you are at all times. In Red River Gorge, you're never really that far away from a developed trail or a road. Um, it's a relatively small area. This isn't vast wilderness. It's relatively small. And even though there are a lot of search and rescue calls uh, that occur in the gorge, um, you know, from lost hikers and that kind of stuff, it's, uh, it is one of those that you're, you're, if you just kind of pay attention and you, you, know, you, you bring a map, you bring your GPS device, bring a backup battery if you're using electronics, 
um, all of those things, then you should be able to navigate these things pretty well. But uh, don't create any additional, any new user trails or anything like that. If you wanna do some uh, trail work and that kind of stuff, Red River Gorge Trail Crew is always happy to have some volunteers to put in some work around the area. And so you can learn more about that. Just search Red River Gorge Trail Crew and, uh, and then you can uh, volunteer with them. They meet on the second Saturday of each month. And so that's, and that is led by the uh, US Forest Service. And so they have all sorts of different projects, everything from uh, painting blazes to um, cutting rock, uh, which is definitely one of the more laborious uh, tasks out there. Um, Gray's Arch that was um, <clears throat> rebuilt that trail you know, that was through some volunteer work as well as a lot of hard work from the Forest Service. So anyway, don't create any new trails. Uh, just go out there, enjoy the trails that are there when you're off trail. If there is a user trail, follow that so that you're not creating additional trails um, that, you know, confuse uh, later hikers. And so that's it for the podcast today. Um, the total donated to Kentucky Natural Lands Trust now stands at a big old 340 bucks or 34% to goal. Um, this has been the Kentucky Hiker Project Podcast. If you'd like to sponsor an episode, submit an ad, or give a shout-out to one of your fellow hikers, go to the podcast page at kentuckyhiker.org podcast and hit the sponsor an episode link. I can write the ad copy or you can do it yourself. Thanks so much for listening, and enjoy your next hike.